It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, today's complete story is going to be very, very different. It was just a few days ago that it was Easter, but it was Easter for people all over America. All different parts of the country. All over the world. There was something I want to share with our listeners uh, this week. Something very special. Maybe it's because of my own age. I don't know. But I want to just read a little story. And then I want you to hear the man's sermon that it's talking about. All right. The Reverend Earl W. Buddy Dugans, as he was known. Just an old-fashioned preacher, really. A longtime Texas pastor died from a heart attack on Easter Sunday shortly after delivering his sermon in which he lamented that he had not died with his precious wife, Connie, who had passed away just two months earlier. Pastor Duggins was 81 years old. He led the Forest Home Baptist Church in Kilgore, Texas, and he shared near the end of his sermon broadcast how he had wrestled privately with the death of his wife to whom he was married for 59 years. He said, I, I close with his true testimony from my heart. I prayed about it, and God told me to go ahead and give it. And so he began just about two and a half months ago. He said, my wife passed. I was by her bedside. I kissed her just seconds before she drew her last breath. Over the next few days, Pastor Duggan said, He put on a stoic front, even leading his wife's funeral. After that, however, he struggled. I was having a difficult time sleeping. I would cry myself to sleep almost every night. My family stayed with me for a few nights, and then I stayed over at my daughter's home for a few nights. And uh, and they would say, well, how you doing, Dad? And I said, oh, I'm fine. Uh, But I would cover up my head in my little room at night, and I would cry and cry. And after a while, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I began to thank God. He then explained that even though he had wanted to die with his wife, God explained to him why God himself had made him a widower, and that gave him comfort. The Bible came to my heart, he said, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ concerning you. And I wanted to be in God's will, so I began to pray, Lord. I thank you for the 59 years and four months and 13 days and one hour that we were together. Can you get the feeling of this, folks? And he said, Lord, why am I left? And the answer has come to my heart. I've left you here to do nothing more than to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that you've been preaching for 55 years. So I stand today, this Resurrection Sunday, to tell you Jesus Christ is alive. And he has helped me. He has blessed me. I praise his holy name today. And the church members told the local news media that Pastor Duggins began then at the end of his message to feel unwell. And they called for an ambulance. And he was taken to the hospital where he died of a heart attack. Mark Freed, who was the church's minister of music, said the late pastor's wife had died after a 30-year battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The Tyler, Texas newspaper noted 
that the pastor's marriage was a wonderful picture of God's love. Isn't that a legacy, folks? Now, Pastor Buddy's family was his pride and joy. He stood by his wife's side through her nine battling months of cancer. Their faith in God saw them through and kept them close to each other. The obituary said, he was an evangelist at heart and he preached over 400 revival meetings. He had lived his life to the fullest. He had an endless capacity to love people. He never met a stranger. He had thousands of friends. He cherished each one. His obituary said, Pastor Buddy, as he was known, enjoyed traveling across the country with his grandchildren. He was a sharp dresser, and he loved Texas barbecue and was a lifelong fan of Elvis Presley. <laughs> but Pastor Buddy's greatest legacy is the thousands of people he led to faith in Jesus Christ. The final words of his Easter sermon, spoken just moments before he himself went to glory, were these words, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Folks, here is his sermon. Listen with me. God bless you today. This is Resurrection Day. The sum and substance of the Christian faith is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How happy we are to celebrate that fact today. Now, this is something of the concern of the Apostle Paul as he writes to young Timothy. Paul knows that he is about to leave this land for the land beyond. His day of death is coming and he knows it. He will later testify, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And he wants Timothy to be sure and deliver the right message. And as I have gone through the book of 2 Timothy, I have come to verse number 8 out of chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and there's a summation verse that I want to present to you today. Paul, in those closing days of his life, concerned about the message and the young preacher, he says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to to my gospel. Now he gives us five things about Jesus that he wants the preacher to preach. Now he's about to leave. Timothy will be left. And he says, I want you to remember these things. Number one, he speaks about Jesus the Savior. And I take that from the word Jesus. Do you know that the word Jesus comes from Jehovah saves. The Bible says, There is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. You cannot save yourself. I cannot save you. Joining a church does not save you. The only Savior presented in the Bible is Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is for everyone. When Jesus died on that cross, he died for the entire world. Many times, 
I'm called to a hospital or to a home or to a nursing facility. Recently, someone called me, one of the most well-known men in East Texas, and he said to me, Brother Pastor, the, my, my mother is in the hospital and she's about to die, and I'm very concerned, and I want you to go and talk to her and make sure as best you can that she knows she's going to heaven. I was privileged to do that. What do you think I talked about when I talked to that woman? It wasn't about football. It wasn't about this, that, and the other. I just went and simply, simply told her the wonderful story of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, with all of my heart today, Jesus Christ is the sinner's Savior. Place your faith and your trust in him. But secondly, we have in that great verse, not only is Jesus a Savior, he is the one sent from God. Notice the Bible calls him Christ. The word Christ refers to the fact that he is the anointed one sent from heaven. In John 3, 16, that I gave you, the next verse says, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God sent him to the world to save those who will come to him. The Bible said God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Next verse, he that believeth on the Son is not condemned. And then in the great book of Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, now those that are in Christ Jesus are not condemned. Isn't it a wonderful truth? No condemnation now to those who have been saved by Jesus Christ the Savior. Thirdly, he tells us about Jesus. Not only is he the Savior, not only is he the one that was sent by God into the world, Jesus is the promised king. Notice the Bible says in that verse, remember that Jesus, that's the Savior, Christ, the one sent by God, is of the seed of David. That is, he's the promised king. 2 Samuel, chapter number 7, verse 16, God speaking to David, Thy throne shall be established forever. Now notice that the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, the Bible teaches that uh, he came through the virgin birth, Matthew 2, do you remember the men from the east came and said, Where is he that is born? King of the Jews. Before Pilate, Matthew 27, Pilate asked, Aren't thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, Thou sayest. Matthew Henry says, It is as thou sayest. Spurgeon the great preacher said, It is even as thou sayest. The pulpit commentary what thou sayest is true. The Amplified Bible, it is as you say. My dear friend, 
Jesus Christ is the King of all kings. Jesus Christ is the King who can fix anything wrong with your life. We say in these texts, He can fix anything. And let me say to you, whatever kind of problem you're having today, the one who sits on the throne in heaven, our King Jesus, literally has been there before, and he knows exactly what you need. And he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Well, we've learned from this verse, Jesus is Savior. Jesus was sent by God. And Jesus is a promised king who can help you in any situation you are in in life. And then the Bible said that he was dead. Christ Jesus of the seed of David was raised from the dead. He could not be raised if he had not died. He did die on that cross. Now, I want you to think about this. His death was a vicious death. I've read, and perhaps you have, of how horrible crucifixion was. And they crucified Jesus Christ. And they nailed him to that cross. His death was a vicious death. It was a vicarious death. That word means that one person substitutes for another. And when Jesus was on that cross dying, he died as our substitute on that cross. And substitution is taught throughout the Bible. It began, the teaching of substitution began even in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve, by their own free will and volition, sinned in that perfect environment, God came. And he killed an innocent animal and took the skin of that animal, we believe it to be a lamb, and he covered the nakedness and the sin, if you will, of Adam and Eve, teaching substitution. And I want you to know, listen to me, today Jesus died for you on that cross. And his death was voluntary. All through the Old Testament, Jesus was uh, presented by type and by various means. And they would take an animal and slay that animal, take the blood and offer the sacrifice. But no animal ever volunteered. They had to bring the little turtle doves in a cage. They had to bring the lambs, uh, carry them or drive them there with a great stake and the great bulls they had to bring in. No animal ever volunteered to die. But when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he volunteered to die. And he did so. He died for your sins on the cross. His death was a victorious death. It accomplished what God pleased. When he cried, it is finished. All the typology in the Old Testament, all that uh, was over with. Jesus Christ won the victory over death, hell, and judgment on that cross. He accomplished what God sent him to accomplish. And then the Bible says, fifthly about Jesus, he was raised from the dead. That is the heart of it. I thank God that he died for my sins, but you cannot separate the death of Jesus from the resurrection. The proclamation of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is empty if there is no resurrection. Well, we believe the preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It is not vain, 
The words that I say to you are not vain. Jesus loves you. They're not empty. Jesus died for you. That's not empty. God raised him from the dead. That's not empty. That is the truth of Almighty God. And if you're trusted, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your life will be saved. Then the Bible says your faith is also in vain if there's no resurrection. Now I want you to think about all the people of faith that you've ever met in life. I think about my dad who was a man of faith. I think about so many wonderful men who have been in this church and died, Cotton McKinney and all those wonderful guys who, who just were men of faith and yet they died. And was their faith in vain? No, no, I dare not say anything but no. Thirdly, he said, if there's no resurrection, we are found false witnesses. Now you think about that. Think of the many witnesses for Jesus. I think of the great Angel Martinez and Charles Spurgeon and W.A. Criswell and Ronnie Starr locally and all these men who preached the great gospel, witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches if there's no resurrection, all that is vain. I cannot believe it to be empty or vain. I know the witnesses about Jesus was true. And then the Bible said if there's no resurrection, the fallen in sleep, the fallen asleep in Christ are perished. This speaks of those of our loved ones who have died. The word perish means they're just gone forever. No, 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 no. The promise is we shall see them again. Jesus said, as I live, you shall live. Oh, thank God for the resurrection. That is our blessed hope. And then the Bible said in verse 19, teaches, if there's no resurrection, we have no hope. We're of all men most miserable. We have no hope. On the road to Damascus, our Lord appeared to those two walkers. The day of the resurrection, they, they had heard a little about the women's testimony, but they were not sure. They said these words, we had hoped. Well, my dear friend, hope is real. And we do have hope. And our hope is real because of the resurrection. Verse 20, but now is Christ risen we have a living Savior. I love what my friend Homer Martinez used to say. I see his footprints in the sands of time. I hear his voice from the Word of God. I see his love lifting me and guiding me. I sense it with all of my heart. Oh, yes, we have a risen Savior. Someone said, because he lives. I can face tomorrow. I close with this true testimony from my heart. I prayed about it, and God told me to give it. Just about two and a half months ago, my wife of 59 years plus died. I was standing by her bedside. I kissed her lips just seconds before she drew her last breath. My family was there, my girls, my, one of my grandsons, and my son-in-law were there, and we, of course, wept. 
I said these words absent from the body, present with the Lord. And you know, I made it fair during the next few days, making arrangements, uh, doing the funeral. After that, I was having a difficult time sleeping. I would cry myself to sleep every night. My family stayed with me a few nights. Then I stayed over at my daughter's home for a few nights. They'd say, how you doing, Dad? I'd say, oh, I'm fine. But I would cover up my head in the little room, and I would cry and cry and cry. And after a while, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I began to thank God. I would formally say, God help me, God help me, God help me. And then the Bible came to my heart, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, and I wanted to be in God's will. And so I began to pray. Lord, I thank you for the 59 years, four months, 13 days, and one hour that we had together. And then it came to me, what, why am I left? And that bothered my heart. Here's my wife that we wanted to go together, and she's now gone. And I said, well, Lord, God, why am I left? And the answer has come to my heart. I've left you here to do nothing more than to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as you've been preaching for 55 years. So I stand today, this resurrection day, to tell you Jesus Christ is alive. He has helped me. He has blessed me. I bless his holy name today all for Jesus He's a true living Savior. He's alive. He was born of the Virgin. He lived a perfect life. He was crucified out on Mount Calvary, put in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day on God's schedule, up from the grave, he arose and he lives to help us. And he lives as our blessed hope. Trust him today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. Amen and amen. Let's close by a word of prayer. Father, I thank you today for Jesus, the Savior, who blesses my heart, who helps me along life's way, and I don't want to fail you, God. I want to preach Christ loves the world and died for the world on that cross, and you raised him from the dead. Blessed be your holy name. Forgive my sins. Forgive us all, God, and give us thy grace and thy strength. Bless our listening audience today, this beautiful, wonderful Easter day. In his name I do pray. Amen. Oh, listen to this, folks. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Folks, you've been listening to the message that uh, Pastor uh, Earl Buddy Duggins of, uh, of the Forest Home Baptist Church in, uh, 
in, let's see, where is that? Kilgore, Texas. Kilgore, Texas, uh, preached uh, last Easter Sunday on the very day when he finished that sermon, he felt very sick, and they called an ambulance to get him to the hospital. And that's the day that he died of a massive heart attack. And yet that was the sermon that was on his lips and the story of his whole his whole passion for Christ. Isn't that amazing, Rich? Well, it certainly is. You'd have to say that he died with his boots on. What a <laughs> wonderful way to go to glory. Isn't that the truth? Well, listen, folks, um, this just blessed my heart to be able to share this with you because I know everybody is thinking, oh, woe is me. When will this virus business be letting up? When will we be able to get back into business and, and, and work and produce and, uh, and continue on? But I'll tell you this, um, the footprints of the Lord Jesus Christ are in the sand throughout eternity. Here is, here is a listener comment. I want to share it with you. I was concerned when my husband got a, a job where he was going to have to be traveling almost two hours a day and just the stress on him of the job and that travel. And then he started coming home so excited to tell me about what he was hearing on the drives on Bot Radio. And I just thank you. I just thank you all for being faithful. Um, you're, you're planting seeds for the kingdom, and just God bless you. Uh, I'll tell you what, lady, if it wasn't for you and your husband, it wouldn't matter for what Bot Radio Network does. We're a team, aren't we? We're a family. Listen to what Teresa says. Hello, Bot Radio. My name is Teresa, and I'm from Abilene, Kansas, and I love your radio station. Thank you so much for all you do. Yeah. Here's a man who came to Christ. Thanks, Bot Radio Network. I listened to you for two years, and I finally came and found Jesus Christ as my Lord. And uh, years spent in other churches, the message never got across. The phenomenal uh, pastors, Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll, Chip Ingram, shows like Janet Mefford, Jan Markell, Money Wise, Wall Builders. You knock it out of the park. Isn't that nice, Rich? Well, praise the Lord. That's our family. That's, that's right. That's the Bot Radio Network And that's family. the power of the Word of God. What's that number? At work in the hearts and lives of real people. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. Absolutely. This is Dick Bot with my son, Rich, with this chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service for you folks, and I'll see you later. 